welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 88.0. We're continuing our trek through the wonderful year of the bad games. And uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And Anthony. Oh. And this week and next week, we are going to be playing Deadly Premonition. For the, I guess, spooky month. I don't think this game is very. It is almost Halloween. Yeah, I don't think this game is very scary. Game really? No. I mean, there's there's some portions of this game where it becomes a little bit more um, stress inducing, but that's not. But it's clearly horror themed, even if it's not scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are ghosts and axe murderers and. Yeah, the 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 raincoat killer, uh, which I don't think anybody's made it to him yet. I mean, we saw him once. Yeah, I, I mean, I've played more of this game in the past. I, I I prefer the original Japanese title, Red Seeds Profile. Okay. I also prefer the original Japanese cover, but um, it, I think that's a better name for this game because Deadly Premonition isn't really a great explanation <laughs> or, or has really anything to do in my opinion wow yeah I guess it's an okay name in its own right but does it have anything to do with the game not really what does Resident Evil have to do with Resident Evil well I mean in the first sense it it's an evil that's within a residence, and then that name drops off very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't it be... But, but isn't the Japanese name way Biohazard. better? Biohazard. Because that's what they're dealing with? <laughs> yeah, but they were afraid they yep. couldn't call it that in the States, so they had an internal contest of what they'd call the game when they localized it, and Resident Evil won, and then... Resident Evil 2 comes out, and they're like, well, fuck us, right? <laughs> That's literally what happened. City evil. Police yeah. station evil. They've made it work in the end. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. Yeah. Ingenious. They, they but, finally I mean, it. it's just like we where I said to sort of play up to, which is still early on in the game, um, you see why Red Seed's profile is a better name. I'm assuming the premonition part is when he's doing the profiling, but yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever finished this game. I know the ending. I, I just never finished it. I think I got to a point and just something new came out. It was on my... So I, I don't like the PS3 version of this game. I guess I'm getting into my history. Let's just go ahead and get um, into the history. So... Uh, Around the time that it was starting to be called a cult classic, um, and I have to give Jim Sterling credit, he was out there fighting for this game. I don't agree with the 10, the perfect 10 that he gave this game in the slightest. I never did. But I understand why he felt that necessary, because he saw this game as something that was fun, while other critics were just like, this sucks, this is the worst game ever, which... I can't agree with either of those. Like, I can't agree with the 10 out of 10, but I definitely can't agree that this is the worst game ever type of thing. Um, like, I feel like a lot of people shit on this game unnecessarily. 
Um, so I ended up finding a used copy for the 360 for 20 bucks at the time. This is probably right before there was a big uh, price increase because it started to become a collector's item. Uh, and that's 20 Canadian, so you know, 15 bucks American. Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, but I, my, I was playing on my old 360, which would heat up quite a bit. Like, it was very loud. Um, and it was a pain in the ass to play. So, in Japan, this came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. In the States, it only made it to 360 originally. So, when the director's cut came out for PC and PS3, I was excited. Uh, I started it up, but I didn't like the added content. I felt that there was things that were unnecessary. You're going to have to tell me what the added content was. Well, all the cutscenes of uh, York in the future telling the little girl the story. Okay. That's not in the original. Oh, okay. It's just not there. So, there's a reason why I don't like that. Um, I won't explain the reason why, but it it's story reasons why I don't like that. Okay. I don't... I don't think it it does anything to help. In fact, it slows down the game. There's uh, uh, the, the the controls were sort of fixed in the PS3 version, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, they also added move control on the PS3. <laughs> yeah, it does uh, come up with that uh, that banner before you start the game that you need to hold your controller still because it it uses the six axis. Oh, good! I can't wait to get to that part. <laughs> um, I mean, it it uses the move controllers though too. So if you have the camera set up, you can play with the like the Wii style controls. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would want to, but the cool, PC I guess. version is kind of trash too. So like, here's the thing: it, I'm pretty sure the PS3 version actually runs worse than the 360 original, which is by no means running fantastically. Um, it. It also doesn't look as good, in my opinion. And now, I could be wrong. I could have just really hated the fact that there was extra cutscenes. Those are also in the PC version, which is also the director's cut. PC version, there's a patch that you can get by that guy who did the Dark Souls patches. He's now a guy who does a bunch of, like, optimization. Yeah, that guy's really good. Yeah, yeah. it was so- capped at 720 on the PC, I think, initially. Oh, there's there's a bunch of issues with the PC version. Um, I'm I'm assuming someone's probably worked out how to move and aim and mouse aiming and all that stuff too. So, um, like, I'm sure someone's fixed the PC version. It's just, it, like, they just released this for Switch and it's like the same game again, retitled uh, Daily Premonition Origins, which I'm pretty sure is the director's cut, and it's just I. I like this game. I I just this game was sort of weird and simple at the same time, and I found the director's cut uh, to be a little bit more trying to make it like a more complex story that it didn't need to be. I wonder how that's gonna come off not having played the original. Like it's um, just the story to me, right? Because I don't have anything right. to. Yeah. So like it's it pro- you probably won't. It probably won't bother you too much, 
Um, it, how do I? It's just like every time you finish a segment, you're now sitting through a cutscene. So, like, is there one? I guess we'll get to it, but like, there is. So, there's a cutscene when you start up. Mine starts up with the car ride. Immediately. Um, I know that there's one, uh, I think towards the end of that chapter when they meet on the bridge. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, I, we meet on the bridge and then I wake up in the hotel. There's no cutscene there. It's because it, it doesn't need to be. It's just, he's just, he's telling you what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, like, you know what I mean? Like he's just, he, or he's reiterating what just happened. Like that's, it's unnecessary. So, hmm. like it, it's stuff like that where I'm just like, okay. So, in my game, I just do the thing, and then the PS3 director's cut. It's like, well, let me tell you about the thing first, and it's like, oh fuck. So, uh, my my favorite part about this game is that it's. One of the few games, and this is going to sound stupid because it's like not super in depth, where I feel like um, I'm playing the role of an investigator, even though like the investigations aren't deep. They allow you to travel an open uh, open world. Um, you know, I feel like I have to maintain some semblance of sleep and and hunger, which I mean, there's meters for it. Um, you know, the cops don't really want to work with me. I go to an autopsy. I'm investigating a crime scene. And then, like, the main horror aspect happens in its own segment. But it's, like, this weird, like, him figuring it out stuff. There's a mystery about the main character. You know, I, I, it's it's just interesting to me on that sense. Like, I don't feel like any other game has made me feel like I, I am investigating something. Even L.A. Noir, it always felt like it was just, like, happening without me. And, like, yeah. the story doesn't continue in this game until you find the thing. What about you know? he- Heavy Rain in Detroit? Um, I, haven't played, I haven't games. played Detroit because it made me uncomfortable. Um I think it's just the game style of Heavy Rain that that maybe makes me feel less involved. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. Heavy Rain, Heavy Rain's a different feeling, but it's the same. It, it, it's going for the same thing, and it does it pretty well. So um, yeah, I, I, and then you play yeah. as the dad, Jason. Jason. I don't Jason. know how the rest of this game plays out, but I was surprised how much of playing it felt kind of like a Quantic Dream style game. If only because the game is so easy that there's there's not a lot of game to the game in some parts. Yeah, it it it's a game that sort of lures you in with that feeling, though. Like, eventually you'll have to drive at night, and at some point you'll be out too late. And stuff happens. Um, I know that there's, stuff. Yeah, it, there's moments where... That they show you the the hold your breath moment. I thought that happened later on because when you start needing to use that, like the game becomes a little bit more intense. Uh, it's 
it's it it lures you in, but eventually it's like the the pistol's not going to be the thing that does it anymore. Like, uh, that, that's actually a, an intriguing comment because I'm curious then where the game goes a bit. Like, do you start getting stronger weapons, specifically firearms? Like, you've already should have collected some shotgun bullets, yeah. um, but there's rifles and stuff, and it, like, yeah, it, it's. I'm not going to tell you that there's like, oh, and you'll fight more enemies, but there's there is. Like, you've already started collecting clues in this game. Like, let me just put it that way. Like, there are specific things that have already happened that have set you up for the future. And it all comes together pretty well. Yeah. So, like, that, I, I that, like that, this That's kind game. of amazing. I like this game. And I know Drew's going to shit on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but But I don't blame him either. Like, I know this is a flawed game, but it does things that I feel like no other game has done or done as well. There is issues, though, and we'll talk about them. But I have a lot of love for this game. Um, I think it's it's something unique in a world, especially at the time where it felt like everything that was coming out had to be very similar to each other. Like, we were that was prime brown shooter. Um... So, I don't know. I feel like, like if I, I love the TV show The Killing, this yep, is the closest thing I feel that exists to The Killing. That's a weird thing to say because they don't relate whatsoever. But the environment is unique. Like I don't feel like like other than Alan Awake, which has a very similar sort of environment for yep, the world yep. to sit in. This I love that environment. And it feels like the environment of the killing, which is uh, Seattle, I believe, right? So it's, I don't know, it, it just captures that for me. Like this this small town murder and me figuring it out. I, I don't know. There's, I, I love true crime and this captures a bit of that and it captures the stuff that I like about like just things that decide to be weird. So anyways, uh, I'll stop talking. You've just said again. three different things that all make me even more excited to continue the game. Okay. If you don't hate it already, you'll probably like it. Like, that's the best way I can say it. Well, Matt, what's your history with this game? I, I've wanted to play this game for a little, a long time, I guess. I don't really have a lot of actual history with it. While, while there was some love already for the game, what I have is just more anticipation. I, I kind of wanted to play this game from the moment it came out. I didn't have a 360 initially. Uh, then when the director's cut was coming out to the PS3, I really wanted to play it. I kind of passed by it for a while until they gave it to us for free on PlayStation Plus, where I promptly downloaded it and said, yep, one day I'll get to this, and have desperately wanted to play it. I've, I've been paring down the games that sit on my PS3 hard drive. To, oh, it's only about four or five games on there. And this is the, always the one, even though I've never touched it, I've never booted it up, I've never even really watched anything beyond a trailer or two. Uh, I've just always wanted to play this and been a little bit nervous going into it because I've I've got so much anticipation for it that it, it, I just had a feeling, have a feeling it, it wouldn't hold up. So I'm excited to finally be playing it, so it's been sitting on my hard drive for quite a while. 
Okay. Well, <clears throat> my history with this game is in 2010 when it released. I was living with my roommate at the time, and he fell into the hype of, I want to play this Deadly Premonition game because it's like a good bad game. And I proceeded to watch him play probably about 20 hours this game. And the whole time, I kept saying to myself, I really don't ever want to play this game. <laughs> Just by watching him play it. And I didn't see the appeal. Alan loved it. He thought it was hilarious and goofy and and compelling and I just, I just hated it. I hated it. I, I, I just think it was so stupid and dumb. Like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. I mean, if anybody's ever seen Twin Peaks, yep. uh, this is like the biggest knockoff of Twin Peaks I've ever seen in my life. Do you want to know how, how much worse the, the knockoff was? So at one point this this game was called Rainy Woods, which I mean is a very Twin Peaks sort of name, right? The descriptor and the type of landform. Um, the character design had to change. That that is not the original character design. They felt it was too close to uh, the main character of Twin Peaks. Even though if you look at it, you're like, no, it's not. But um, there was in the set of the the boys that are angels sitting in the the room that has, like, all the red leaves on the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, it was two, um, I'm going to use the proper medical name, dwarfs, sitting in big red chairs. Um, and, and, and the room was actually a room, a red room, mm -hmm. which is very Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, like, the game was originally called Rainy Woods. Like, they went back and did a lot of stuff to it. Um, it, it is, but, like, here's the difference. Uh, there's a payoff to everything rather than Twin Peaks, which just decides to do runaround just to be weird. Yeah. It's always been an issue I've had with, with that. It's just, at some point, they just start being weird to keep interest, and that's not enough. Like, you have to pay off on some of that. Yeah. I, we talked about a little bit on the N4G podcast, but uh, Twin Peaks, they, uh, to, to quote uh, Dave Chappelle, they never should have gave David Lynch money. <laughs> no. He, he, he no. reeled in. I, I seriously don't think any of the execs at that, I can't remember what it came on. It might have been CBS or ABC. I can't remember where it was on. But I don't think the execs of that broadcasting station ever saw anything that David Lynch ever did. So did neither of you like Twin Peaks? I'm not a fan. It's not bad. It's just, I'm not a fan. I feel like it, it, it stem, it falls into the area of like stringing things along. And I, I just, I'm sure there's some idea of what they want to do, but at some point it's just, it feels like, I don't know. I, I I equate the the Tommy Wiseau thing a lot, where I'm like the only thing that separates Tommy Wiseau from David Lynch is that we we think David Lynch knows what he's doing, and we know Tommy Wiseau doesn't. Right? Like 
Tommy Wiseau is a weird guy who I don't think makes great things at all. But if you hear about what was originally in the room, it was things that are so bizarre, like things that don't make any fucking sense continuity-wise. And I could totally see David Lynch doing the same thing and everybody praising him. And I'm not saying David Lynch is a bad director. I just don't like Twin Peaks from him. He's done some great things outside of it, but I just fucking can't stand Twin Peaks because it just everything like the oh, he's the killer now because, you know, a guy got one of the crew members was seen in a mirror. Um, And don't get me wrong. Good on him for running with it. But like if that wasn't the case, what was the plan? I right. Think, I think the plan was the to make the first season slightly normal so that he could get a bunch of audience members to watch. Well yeah, season two. And then is season off two he released rails. season two and said, This is where I turn into David Lynch. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. So uh, I don't mind the first season of Twin Peaks. The second season turned into a David Lynch film and I was like, I don't care about this anymore. Like, because I've I, seen a lot of David Lynch films. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I, I loved about a season and a half of that show, and then, and then it kind of fizzled out. But I, I really liked that season and a half. So for me, that that's more than enough to just ignore the rest of it. I liked his attempt at Dune, even though it's not good. I love the Elephant Man. Um, I've heard the Straight Story, which is not weird at all, is an amazing film. Um. I'm familiar with Lost Highway. That's all I can really say about David Lynch. I don't think he's a bad director. I think he has some interesting ideas. But um, okay, you haven't watched peak David Lynch weirdness, though. You need to watch well, Eraserhead. Oh, fuck! I, I have seen Eraserhead. It, okay. But that's just. But but let's wait, wait, let me defend Eraserhead here. It, it it doesn't feel like he's stringing anything along to do any like he, he doesn't it feels like there's a payoff in the end even if you don't like it there's an end right it ends and and i realize tv shows sometimes don't have that but like i heard about the revival of twin peaks and went so what is this for like it just everything that, that's twin peaks and and firewalk with us and all this stuff like it's just meh I just I don't see the appeal of that Eraserhead is almost a horror movie. Yeah, uh, Mulholland Drive. If you've ever seen that, has some kind of creepy elements to it too. But it's also is it stupid. That the, is that the one? Is that the one that has um, the, oh god, the guy that played Bowser yelling about? No, that's Blue Velvet. That's Blue Velvet. Yeah, <laughs> that's another. That's another one that that freaking. It, it just, it, it, it's all like yeah, I am. There's payoff to Deadly Premonition, and I don't, you know, the weird is, some of it's not fully explained, and some of it is, and I, I just, it does, though, like, and I'm pretty sure at one point Sferi tried to say he'd never seen, seen Twin Peaks. He's a liar and a half. Uh, exactly, I know. Yeah, no way. Are you freaking kidding me? I think at one point he tried to say that. He's come out and said he loves Twin Peaks since. So. Okay. I was about to say, I mean, you've got... But I don't know. You never know if it was said. If You don't, you never know what is said to avoid a lawsuit. A, a small sleepy town has that is full of weirdos 
has and a there's murder a, of, of a woman and an FBI agent who's really eccentric and weird himself comes to investigate. Uh, uh, people people draw the 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 similarities between um, I can't remember the character's name from Twin Peaks. Dale Cooper. Yeah. Thank you. Agent Dale Cooper. Cooper talking talking to his uh, recorder. Yeah. And and uh, and the love for coffee and love yeah York, York talking to Zach. So yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, I watched. I, I watched my roommate play the majority of this game, and I, I just, I don't. It's not just that it's weird; it's it it leans into that. So there's weird, and then there's weird from Japan. Do you think this is weird from Japan? It it definitely has a little bit. Okay, I'll agree with a little bit. I was gonna say, I don't know. I feel like there's this not is... there's not a cat lady running around or something like no, that. No, that's that'd be D four. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's I I don't know. This is like Suda fifty one, but on like LSD. They're apparently trying to make a game together, right? Eh? I'm sure they are. Like it came out today that they're trying to make a game together. Swery Suda, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I, I just I don't. I just don't like this game. I mean, I know there's people out there that adore it, and I don't know. I just I find it ridiculous. Like like people will be like, people went nuts over that scene where they found the FK in the coffee, and I'm just like, why are you? Why are you thinking that's awesome or hilarious? I'm like, it's it's stupid. it's it's it proves oh god. Don't spoil it. He's already said the coffee's always right. Yep. He says something early on about like the coffee said this would happen, and that ends up playing out. Like it, it's 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 this level of weird, and I understand that like it's not everybody's cup of coffee, um, but uh, it. It pays off in the end. It's this weird little moment that seems like nothing, and there's a lot of those. and And he at least goes back and does something with it, and I appreciate that. And that's what I hate about Twin Peaks. I mean, whatever about the story. I mean, the story's goofy to me, but like just the mere fact of playing this game or watching my roommate play this game, and like just the oh yeah, it can be a slog. The giant open world that has absolutely nothing in it. There is some stuff in it. You can't access it at certain times, and whether or not you you take part in it is up to you. It's really weird that way. I know you can go and there's fishing. There's loads of side quests. Yeah. Um, there, there's 20, side quests. Twenty to thirty of them, it looked like. Yeah, but the way they doled them out never. <laughs> I wouldn't say there feels like there's loads at any time. I watched my roommate get the the machine gun that has infinite ammo. And what he had to go to get that, I was like, yeah, why Why did you do that? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I, like, I just, I think it's, I think it's goofy and it's bad voice acted and it. What, would you say it's bad voice acted? I'd say it's, it's a little, little bit acting. of that and it's a very lot of the sound is weirdly like. The volume levels are very strange. So, so there's. 
I figured it out today. I I've, I've never thought about it before, but it was some issues. So first of all, the sound mixing in general's off. You have to go and change the music level if you yeah, want to hear yeah. the t- dialogue. Otherwise, you just get the oh, or and then the whistle song, that, which is a complete <laughs> rip off of um, Super Mario World. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I I like the main theme more. But anyways, um, the the voices are attached to the character models. Yes, they are. So when the camera is in front of a character, the camera can't hear the person it's in front of. So in the hospital sequence, when the the when the uh, secretary is talking to you, there's a point where it zooms in on the police uh, uh, sheriff, and he says something to her, and she says something back, but she is now behind the camera, so it sounds like she's so far away because. She's very quiet. They didn't mic anybody. And I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I, I realized that as soon as I'm like, oh my god, it's attached to the character model. That's the reason why you literally can't hear the lady talk in the first sequence when they're across the table from each other. Yep. Because because it's attached to her character model. <laughs> like, oh my god. It's, it's... An interesting concept, but totally not necessary here. Thanks. Swear we couldn't couldn't afford boom mics apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I I can go on and on about how much I don't like this game, but we're playing it. Um, which you know what? Guess what, guys? As much as I hate this game, it doesn't beat out Sonic Six because because oh. <laughs> I've already put more hours into this than I have Sonic Six. Yeah. And you only have to play it for two weeks instead of four. I know. So, there you go. But let's get into the story. Um, any viewers out there who's ever watched Twin Peaks can ignore the next 15 minutes because well, it's, a woman dies. Uh, I, I, can we talk about how bad this game looks, at least? That, okay, so this yeah, game... hard to deny that. This game... This game looks like if a any, freaking late PS2 oh, game. Hold on, let me... This game also looked better at one point, too. No, I'm not saying a lot better, but the, the beta version that was shown at, like, I think, Tokyo Game Show that was called Rainy Woods, like, the character models looked better at that time, for somehow. I, I mean, we don't have great, great screenshots of it, but the ones that exist in low quality somehow still look better <laughs> than, than this. Um... This looks like it's from the same... Like, if you told me this was D3 Publisher publishing one of those um, discount games like Earth Defense Force 2017, I'd believe you, because it exists in that same world of we're going to have low polygon counts on the buildings, the terrain's mostly going to be flat with, like, the most basic of grass textures. That repeats every six inches. absolutely. Why would you? Why would you plan for more? Um, it's, it, it does feel, but we, it should be noted. I don't think this game released at full price either. This game, I believe, released at a discount price. I think it was thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. So, I, 
I excused the game to some extent because it was like, okay, we can't charge full price for this. But you're right, this game at times looks terrible. And it's weird because sometimes the animations on the people look great. And sometimes they look like utter trash. It is this weird mix of like competence and incompetence that I am surprised exists. Yeah, I can't I think, defend I think I, visuals in this game. I think I generally feel that the the close ups, the character models look okay, and as soon the more it zooms out, the worse it looks. The only person I think looks terrible is the uh, sheriff. Because the original model didn't have that must that handlebar mustache, and that handlebar mustache looks like shit. Yeah, it does. And it's weird to say that the graphics in this game look bad because if you play Spy Fiction, this previous game, um, that game looks pretty good for a PS2 game. Not obviously Metal Gear Solid levels of which it's ripping off, but for what it is, that game. Like, it looks a lot better than Deadly Premonition. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we start off with a cutscene of a grandpa and his two twin sons walking out in the woods and awkwardly find and stare at, for a very long time, a dead body that has been strung up on a tree. It's a woman who has been pretty much cut from the gut down. And there's a snake crawling around her. It goes in between her breasts. And the kids are still just staring. Why didn't the grandpa grab them and take them away? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's the murder. Yeah. And right. that's what... We're here to investigate. That's what brings... Agent, uh, just call him York. That's where that, that that line. It's the same line. It has to be. It's the same line in the same an- animation. Every time he introduces himself, he holds up his badge really far, high in the air. Yeah, it's like he's trying to knock. Call me York. With it. Call me York. Everybody call me York. Does. Everyone calls me York. Francis he's, York Morgan. He's a weird guy. Yeah. And everybody's response is always like, okay. Okay. Which pays off. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. So, uh, I, I guess with the director's cut, we then get a small cutscene of, we don't, they never show his face. But it's clearly. It's clearly York. Um, talking to his grandchild about the events that are happening here. Uh, and so we cut to back to pa- present day, past, I don't know. Um, and uh, York is driving what looks like a Shelby GT Mustang, uh, going really fast in the rain. Uh, and he is talking about his investigation. Uh, he says that, uh, these, which he holds up a bag of red seeds are bringing him to yet another small backwoods town. Ooh, backstory. Where'd he get the rest of those seeds? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I like the fact that he's got it. He takes, 
The cigarette animation is one of my favorite animations. That he takes a cigarette out and puts it in his mouth. Uh, he doesn't do it in the car, but he, I believe he already has the cigarette out. And then he puts it out on the top of the package and puts it in. I Sorry, I love that. It's a weird nuance for a character to have. He's smoking the same cigarette. He's got a lot of weird nuances. The chest tapping. He does a little bit of chest tapping, unless that's a bug in the game. No. No, no, that's sense. him. That's the thinking animation. He also does. <laughs> he also taps his head, too, though. He taps his head when he's talking to um, Zach a lot, too. Yeah, that's right. So that's the other thing about Francis York Morgan. He has an invisible friend. He has an imaginary friend named Zach that he talks to constantly. Now, so far, I don't think he's talking out loud to him. Yeah, it's hard to tell. There's one scene where he very specifically said it. He was talking to Zach, but like projecting at somebody in the background. Yeah. And then somebody and said, they didn't say actually react to it, but I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to tell if they did react to it. Just given the way that some of the characters animate. Yeah. Oh, the, everybody hears him talking to Zach later on. Okay. They all look at him weird when he does it. Does anyone like, hear Zach no- talking back? No. So we the only- that we have answered as Zach before. Yes. They give you just like quick time events where you have to answer as Zach. Yes. So. Um, yeah. He's driving down the road. He, uh, he sees somebody in the middle of the road, swerves to miss them, and then proceeds to flip his car at least five times. <laughs> it lands upside down. He crawls out of it. It's now on fire. Yeah, the, the fire animation taken from awful things. <laughs> like, awful video games. Just a terrible... It, the whole thing is just rough. This is where the game starts to look bad. Yeah. And uh, he acts like he's uh, no worse for wear. Uh, gets out. It's like, okay, well, I need to I need to figure out where I'm at. And uh, his car is on fire. That's a very key thing that we need to remember. Um, and so begins the beginning of taking over as York. So we've talked about how bad this game looks. Let's talk about how bad this game controls. You know what I love in 3D games, Drew? What's that? Tank controls. Tank controls, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Especially if we could put the camera right behind the player. That'd be fantastic. Thanks. Yep, yep, yep. So it's it's not exactly tank controls. It's tank controls when you're standing still and wanting to turn. But when I start running, I have no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, so we get into combat. We pull out a gun. It's been a long time since I played a game where I pull out a gun and I can't move. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it was still a thing that Resident Evil was doing and this time that this game released. Yeah, it's true. Um, like that. Yeah. That being said, it is annoying 
What is neat, though, is that you can sidestep. The game has never told me that. So, uh, in on the 360 version, because the, the, the controls are slightly different on the PS3, because I believe when you pull out your gun, fire is R1, right? Yes. So, in the 360 version, uh, sidestep is the bumpers. There is an equivalent. I don't remember what it is on PS3. Maybe it's the triggers. Uh, possibly. I, I just know that you can si- you can sidestep, and so what you do is you turn when aiming, and then you just keep pressing the sidestep button to walk down the alley if you want to keep your gun out. Yeah. And if an enemy attacks you, you can sidestep them. Like I, that's how I dodged bullet fire at times. I would just step aside. <laughs> So let's talk about the enemies in this game. Well, actually, let's let's take a step back. I want to die. Yeah, I say that a lot. I don't want to die. That's what they're saying. I'm going to kill you. As they're falling off a ledge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so stupid. So. Um, before we talk about the enemies, let's talk about what happens to York. Because it's technically a mystery right now. But I, I, I think I remember what happens in this game. But it's we're led to believe that this is all happening in his mind. Well, not at this particular situation. True. He, You start traveling through the dark woods. And eventually you see a person in her house. No. I'm going to be honest with you, it's very clear that person looks like they're a zombie. Yeah. Uh, and then you end up having to fight them. At first you hear a dog barking, and then as you walk up, uh, the, you hear uh, like the cry and like somebody killing the dog, and then you find the dead dog. So then you walk up ahead, and you see the person entering. And then you fight them, and they're these zombie-looking things. Zombie ghosts? Yeah, not really. Like Kind of an in-between. So... You you start shooting at them, and when they die, they kind of melt into the ground. And you earn money for killing them, which is weird but accurate. <laughs> yeah, this game has like an arcade feel because there's like at the end of every chapter, it like it tallies up everything you did, and all your money and, and stuff, all so. your money and and how much day, how many days it took, how many uh, uh, retries it took. Very odd, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, so you, you're traveling through the woods, and there's some puzzle solving. And by puzzle solving, I mean you take an item off of one thing and you bring it to another thing. Yep, and um, that, very, that, that first item is usually right next to the thing it needs to go to. Yeah. One door mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So you make it through, and you have to fight some enemies, and you're breaking crates along the way because they sometimes have metals in them. Um, and eventually you make it to the end of the woods and actually, sorry, not before you get attacked and there's a quick time event to dodge an ax being swung at you by a killer in a red coat with a giant ax and glowing red eyes. Yes. Um, and then when he misses, he, I love the animation on this. He, he waves his finger at you and then he runs away dragging his ax on the ground. Yeah. And York's just like, okay, that's weird. And then he keeps 
he keeps walking and he makes it out of the forest area. But not before saying, like, oh, the, if I don't go through this door quickly, the the ivy will lock it forever. So he goes through, and ivy grows and, like, locks the gate. And now it's morning. And he is without a car, so he is walking up the road to meet with the police, who he's late meeting because of the accident. And uh, you meet the deputy, and then you meet the sheriff. The sheriff says he's the boss of things around here. Um, and that's when York introduces himself as York. And they start to see how weird he is, because he talks to himself and his friend, I should say, his visible friend, um, <laughs> in front of them. Yeah. And then you wake up in a hotel. A very big, empty hotel. Yeah. So before that, there was a, during the scene where you're on the bridge talking to the deputy and the sheriff, he says, would you please send somebody to my car to get my belongings? Yes, your car that's on fire. Your car that is no longer <laughs> around because it's on fire. And that really irked me, too. It, 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 it. Don't tell me there's a payoff I, I, on that one, Anthony. No, I feel like that's that's like a it, it came off comedic to me. It, it's so dumb. That's just that is one of those dumb moments where I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to. I mean, there is a payoff. Someone does pull something out of his truck. I just don't, or a car. I don't know how. <laughs> no. Maybe he had one of those like. He had a suitcase made of like the black box material that the <laughs> the black boxes are made out of. But, uh, Can yeah. I just say, this is a very small thing, but you, you would have been picking up items here. I know this is weird and stupid, but I love when you pick up an item, the little rotating picture they give you. That's like reminiscent of old Resident Evils. Yeah, it, it it's neat that they did like these fake packages for like the band-aids and stuff. Like, it just... It, it's very video gamey, but it also feels like the world has actual things in it when you see like the packaging of bullets. And I know Resident Evil does that. But it's just this weird thing that we don't get really anymore. And it's something that literally he took from his previous game. Like Spy Fiction does the exact same thing when you pick up items. In fact, I believe some of the packages are the same. Like, the Band-Aid packaging might be the same as the one in Spy Fiction. Like, my, my only thing is I wish I could skip it. That is, yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, especially when you're sending something to the box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of gets to your, your point, Anthony, before about the extra scenes. I mean, th this game is not a quickly paced game no no right so, and all of these little add-ons and delays and pauses really do drag it out a bit yeah i mean it, it it has i have other issues with it uh but i mean it's it is it is very slow moving but it feels like i'm watching a detective show at times yep yeah because that's like, kind of where like initially, I started playing this game, and you know, you see the you see the ghosts kind of early on, and I was like, "All right, this this does kind of feel like a Silent Hill ish, Resident Evil ish game." Except Silent Hill and Resident Evil are actually scary at times. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't know this game wasn't going to be scary. I mean, you get the red vines and ghosts, so for a few minutes there, I was like, all right, well, the aesthetic is there. And then they talk. Yeah, and then they talk, and it all goes away, and for the next hours of the game, I don't really see any monsters. Uh, Can I... I will say this. The movement, when they lean back, because most of the enemies attack you by leaning back and moving towards you, when they move in that that sort of, like, low-frame, low-resolution sort of, like, ghosty mode. Uh, teleporting. They, 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 they kind of shuffle forward very quickly. That yeah, yeah. That is a little bit intimidating. I, I do appreciate that. Otherwise, though, I hate these. I actually hate the enemies. I don't think they're very good. No. They're just kind of there to shoot, which is fine with me, but I'm just, I don't, nothing about these enemies feel all that fascinating to me. They yep. never did. And you um, have unlimited ammo with the handguns, so it's not like handgun, any yeah. any single enemy presents any kind of challenge. Yeah. I, I, so far. I mean, when they start pulling out guns, they're a little bit more of a problem. It just, I... You can game yeah. them, though. Yeah, you can. It just, it, it, it really just made me go, eh. Like, I've never been like, those character, those enemy designs are the shit. Not at all. Also, he stole the whole leaning back thing from the Exorcist. Oh well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it was an original idea. I just don't see it in video games very often. I don't like the headshots. Don't count. Like they don't do anything other than give you more money. Yeah, the aiming is really bad in this game. Yeah, aiming's not great. Okay, I don't hate it. It's fine. I don't yeah. like. I, I can pull like... R two to like lock on to them. Yeah. Or just it, it's not even a lock on. It's like you put your reticle on top of one of them. And then but... you have to move the reticle with the analog stick that is your movement, which sucks. But I mean, that's just because this game doesn't seem to understand dual analog control. Yeah. But yeah. So we wake up in this hotel. And, and after wandering around an empty hotel, you finally go to where the lady is. Yep, the owner of the and hotel. You, and then you have breakfast with her, and it, you sit at opposite ends of this gigantic table. And this is where the issue of, oh shit, the character sound comes out of the model. Yeah. Well, they try and play because, it off like they can't hear each other. Yeah. And he says, why don't you come sit closer? And she starts laughing. I don't know if she hears him properly. Like, I think yeah. she does, but she implies something like that he's hitting on her. And I'm like, I don't... Yeah. I didn't get that from what he said. But whatever, she's old and she... I hate her leaned over look. I hate that with people. Yeah, I thought she was going to turn into a zombie. <laughs> um, but they have... They have the kitchen. They have they have uh, breakfast, and you can see the metal spinning in the background the entire meal. Yep. <laughs> because they just move these characters inside. <laughs> it's not a casual cutscene; it's rendered in real time. Um, anyways, then you have the coffee moment, the first of coffee moments, which you can miss. Yes, if you don't press a button. You don't look at it um, 
strongly, and so you don't get the moment where he sees FK in the coffee. It always works. Or it's what I don't remember what he says, but he says it never fails. And then he smiles the most uncomfortable smile. Yeah. <laughs> With his fish lips. He does have some weird lips. He looks he like He has an overbite. Yeah, he he has the like his lips overhang his his teeth. It's almost like the characters in Heavy Rain. Where everybody looks like they're 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 puckering their lips out a little bit too far when they're talking. Yeah, yeah. Really, really animate those lips. Yeah. So. And I mean, I, I can't recall if this game had any Japanese um, voice acting. I don't think it I did. Don't recall. No, me neither. But speaking of the voice acting, let me just tell you. <clears throat> where is he? Um. Ba, 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 da, ba, ba. Why is this not in order? Don't go to IMDb. It'll spoil the game for you. Okay. Um, Jeff Kramer. So his last his last credit is this game in 2010. <laughs> um, he voiced E123 Omega in Shadow the Hedgehog and Mario Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. He was the owl in Night's Journey of Dreams, which is a very different voice. He did a lot of work with From Software before Dark Souls uh, with Armored Core and Echo Knight. He was some extra voices in Jet Set Radio game, the Jet Set Radio games. He's also a voice in Ace Combat Four, um, but then Eternal Ring did a lot of Dreamcast stuff. Uh, Space Channel Five, he was Jaguar, and then this is the one that I think makes a lot of sense. He is the voice of Seaman in Seaman. <laughs> Every fish and frog creature is voiced by. Him. Well, there you go. So, yep. Very York-like character as well. Um, but we have our uh, coffee, and then we head outside, and we find keys to a... It's actually a key to every car in the game, the master key, but you... Probably should just take the police car to the police station. Yeah. Gotta go meet the sheriff. We find out that this stupid idiot that works for him has lost the key um, to the files. And we have to find a specific type of squirrel to hand him. Yeah, the keychain. Yeah. And he'll tell you a lot about the other squirrels if you hand him the wrong keychain. Yep. Luckily, I found it on the second try. Yeah, me too. I found it on the third purposely because I knew which key it was. But... I don't think I ever yeah. found a third one. Yeah, there's three keys. And there's... So, this character, who is... What is he? The, the sheriff's assistant? Yeah. Um... He's strange. Um, and York, for some reason, has the gall to say that he's strange. Yeah. And he's saying this to his imaginary friend. Yeah. Now, to be fair, and this is a weird thing to say, I feel like the assistant is the most realistic character so far. 
I feel like he is the he has a, he has a weird interest in squirrels. Like that's a very weird specific thing to have. You find out that he's really good at baking. Yep. He's timid. Like he's got the most character so far out of any other character. So, yeah, uh, but we go talk to the sheriff, have a meeting with him, going over the files, the case files, as far as what happened with this murder. And uh, they're like, okay, well, maybe we could uh, get some more information whenever we go talk to the the autopsy, or, or I don't know what they're called. Uh, mortician. Mortician. Ornery mortician. Same thing. Yeah. And so we decide to go to the hospital to find uh, find the body and examine it. Now, I forgot... Um... Oh, sorry, Matician is, is wrong. That's a funeral director. I'm wrong. Um, the, uh, I had to double check there. Um, before we, before we actually, on our way to the police station, I forgot to mention, you're driving and you can talk to Zach. Yes. And this is a frequent thing in this movie that is very, uh, Tarantino-like. Uh, because, York and Zach, well, York will talk to Zach about old 80s movies. Yes. And it's fascinating, the the trivia. Uh, they give, like, this weird backstory of not being able to rent see specific movies because they, the rental store didn't have them. And not only will this happen, this will happen every time you drive anywhere yeah. by yourself. Um, there's multiple ways to view the car. I'm assuming everybody did it in third person. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually do it in first. Actually, I, I've only done it in first so far. It controls. You can change to... It controls better in first person. Yeah. It actually does. I'm not kidding. Something has happened to the controls when you move it to third person. No, it's not that. When it's it, it's it's um, you only think it's happening because it translates so when you're inside the car the controls make sense because you're looking at a steering wheel and when you are not looking at a steering wheel it doesn't make sense because you wouldn't control you don't control cars and other games that way but when you're looking at the steering wheel it makes sense on how you're moving because that it it, it you watch the steering wheel move and and it's a very so We'll move into the next part. So when we decide to go together to the hospital to see the the, the autopsy, and York insists he will drive because he doesn't like sitting in the back of the car. Apparently, um, he prefers that, and plus he thinks it's going to help him learn the town. It doesn't. Um, and you instead of talking to. Um, Zach, you get to talk to the deputy and the sheriff. And if you look at them while they're talking, their mouths are moving. Now, it's not in the best of sync at all in this game, but they are fully modeled. At all times, everything is in the car that's happening in the car is actually happening. And I it's a weird detail. But it's a detail that not everybody was doing at the time. So how about the cutscenes here? Because you and I both kind of agree that we don't think this game ever had Japanese voice acting. Why don't their lips match up then 
at all? Uh, incompetence. I, 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 I'm almost certain it's just not being like they either didn't have someone that could do good lip syncing. Um, give me a second here. Uh, I'm just double checking. Um, yeah, nope. There's no Japanese voice acting. Voice recording took place at Webtone Studio in San Jose, California. 6,000 lines of dialogue were recorded over two weeks. About half of which are for York. Um, Talking about movies. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it Like, lip-syncing is extremely hard. I, I won't deny that. But... They should have tried harder. I mean, it's a very specific... It's a very specific job, and I just don't know if anybody on the team knew how. I mean, like, look at the textures on this game. Like, the lip syncing is far from the only issue. That's true. I, I, I feel like this is a game that got as close to their ideal goal as possible with very little. I don't yeah. think this game ever had a huge budget. Yeah, I think that's part of it. You just don't prioritize that. I mean, it, it, it's a, probably a lot of time and work and money because there's a lot of, you know, it's it's not a short game, so there's a lot of scenes with faces and people talking and that uh, the plotting pace that the game moves at. It, it's probably just a lot of work to do that. And they said, look, you know, we don't have time for better or worse. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, and I'm not def- I'm not going to defend it. I just I I do yeah. feel like it is something that is. Not as bad as I've seen other... Like, go look at the Sonic Adventure games. Like, it looks better than when somebody goes, hey, I'm just going to use the Japanese mouth movements and just throw the English dialogue over top. This is not as bad as that. But yeah, you're right. There's, there's, There's very little... There's, like, no excuse. It's just, I have a feeling it was money and time. And maybe talent that was lacking in the in the actual studio, but you're right. Every single thing is off. Sometimes it's right on, but then like somebody else in the scene will not have the right uh, sync. So, so yeah, we make our way to the hospital, and then Drew gets lost in the hospital. Eh, not really. No. Okay. It took me. I remember I, the. I, I took a wrong turn once, but you know. I remember getting stuck in the hospital when I first played this, and I know that sounds odd because there's like an arrow that's kind of generally pointing you in the direction, but I know for a fact. Oh, we have to go back to driving, for a second. There's no, there's no like GPS line in this game. No. There's just an arrow that tells you where to go, and that's great. But then there's dead end roads. So you'll be driving, you go, well, I can't go any further. I don't follow that arrow at all. Yeah, you have to keep looking at the map. I look at my map and say, okay, left here, right, next right. Yeah. I'm not playing that game. (laughs) It's it's bad. That's another thing that's actually really bad about this game. Um, Sorry, I just needed to bring that up because I, I, I love this game, but I'm totally willing to admit that there's big issues with it. Um, and that is one of them, because when you leave the police station, if you follow the arrow, it will send you the wrong way. Yep. You have to go away from the arrow first, turn right, 
and then turn right again on the main highway. Or road that surrounds the lake or whatever. So, yeah. So, uh, we taught the receptionist. She tells us that the doctor is in the computer room. In the computer room. We then find the computer room. And there is a puzzle for us there. Well, it's not called a puzzle. No. If you don't overthink it, it tells you the answer. You, no, you just have to... So it's it's chess pieces. Yeah. And he does this whole elaborate thing of, like, the knight takes the rook to... Meets the queen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And all you gotta do is put them in the order that he mentioned them. Yeah, so originally, when I played this game years ago... um. I was solving that as if I was putting them in order. So the rook takes, like, I'd be like, well, obviously the rook is behind, or the the king takes the rook or whatever. So I'd be like, well, the rook then is before the king because the king is now taking its place. And, like, I was figuring it out on based on location of where every piece would be. Yeah, me too. In a, in a, oh, you did that too? I was, well, that that was my first attempt was figuring yeah. out, trying to figure out after we make all these moves, where will everything be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's bad game design, <laughs> and for a very not a puzzle. No, you know, like they tell you it's a puzzle, so you go in thinking it's a puzzle, and then it's like, no, you literally just repeat the stuff back to us. Like, oh, yeah, it's about as. About as complex again as hiding the keys in the next room over. Yeah, <laughs> which we run into a little bit later. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a card key that unlocks the the I guess the place where they do the autopsy, the autopsy room, the morgue, the morgue, and uh, we go downstairs. Uh, we run into the doctor and, um, yeah, York, uh, he, he made this like, you make that little brain teaser I enjoyed that. What brain teaser, you idiot? Next time, try and find a way to test us without obstructing justice. Yeah, he did say that. Obstructing the investigation. Yeah. Yeah. But, I- uh, Yeah. You you would then examine a body. So yeah, he goes over the details of it, but as he's going over the details of it, he then turns into a FBI profiler. <laughs> and I'm just like, and like while I'm watching this, I'm like, what 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 is this? What why are we doing this? Yeah. And of course, York's like, okay, I'll just stop you right there. I'll leave the the profiling to me. That's my job. Also, you're wrong. And then he he's goes, kind of a dick. Yeah, he go, he goes he goes deeper into it. So he originally thought that it was probably an asphyxiation that killed the woman because she has what what looks like, I guess, strangle marks on her neck. Uh, and it wasn't actually the the gaping hole in her chest going down her entire torso. Uh, but that did happen while she was still alive. Um, 
or wait, no. He thought it was asphyxiation, but it was actually blood loss from the from internal organs. Right? Yeah. Yeah, basically saying she was cut up while she was still alive. Yeah, and and then that's when York was like she was she was basically butchered while she was still alive. And he's like and the weirdest thing was the 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 doctor is saying and the worst thing is is that she could nobody could hear her cries for help and everybody kind of just it, that's the thing is like this game has way too many pauses in the yep. cutscenes and everybody and, and it's almost like everybody's like sitting there like going huh but they're not they're just all just standing there because the game is moving too slow or something yeah. And, and that's because, well, her, her, and then he's like, then he elaborates, oh, her, her tongue was cut out by some kind of crude blade. And that's when York steps in and is like, okay, you're wrong. And he's like, uh, what does it say? He's like, uh, are you a passionate man? Yes, he, he has to doctor. No, he said that. he, the doctor's like, yeah, not really. I dabble in passion, but not really. <laughs> And then I did like when the when the cop goes, yeah, I'm passionate, especially when it comes to women. <laughs> oh man, yeah, th- this whole sequence is like a little too long. Yeah, because inevitably, what you find out is that the killer bit off her tongue. Yeah, and then York takes <laughs> tweezers out. And puts the tweezers into the mouth. And then you hear some weird sound of, like, a sound that a body shouldn't make. But, I mean, fully effects. Um, and then he pulls out a red seed, and he's like, I'm taking over the investigation. And the, uh, the sheriff's like, what, you don't think I did this, did you? It's like, no. He's like... <laughs> uh, this from the cop who won't even let you go over the speed limit. Yeah. I'm, he's like, no. He's like, and then he starts pulling out a whole bunch of the little uh, plastic baggies with the seeds in them. Yep. Showing that this is a thing that he's been investigating. Uh, yeah, he takes control. And I don't remember what happens, but he ends up stepping outside the room. And Am I missing anything there? Not really. Yeah, so he steps outside the room. He lights up a cigarette. Or actually, right before he lights up the cigarette, which, by the way, he's going to smoke in a hospital because he doesn't give a shit. He's yes. he's done that multiple times. He smoked in the hotel, he smoked in the police station, then put the cigarette out on the plate. <laughs> um, he, uh, he walks out, and then he realizes, like, it's the dark world is it back again. And so now we go into another shooting segment. And so we have to now navigate this hospital while the the red vines are everywhere and the I'm gonna kill you. It sounds so stupid. Which is weird because in the cutscene when we were in the red room and you can breathe past you have to hold your breath to move past the one that's blocking the way with the little boy. Yep. Um, because, yeah, you, you go into a red space in your head, apparently. I don't even know where it is. It just seems to be when he's dreaming. Um, you, uh, the sound that one makes is far creepier. Yeah. The little clicking sound. 
Yeah. And that scene lasted way too long. Yeah, well, you can't hold your breath in a game that long. <laughs> no. I'm dead serious. You just can't. So, can we use the hold breath me- method during these segments or no? Yeah. Yeah, oh. if you wanted to sneak past them, you can hold your breath. You just don't want to get a lot of it. So, you, there is a there's a medicine you can take that increases the amount that you can hold your breath because it reduces your pulse or something like that. But um and you can run longer and stuff, but uh you can use it. They won't see you. Eh, well, I have a gun with infinite ammo. So. Exactly. Yeah. In this particular case, it becomes a little bit more useful later on. But, yeah. And also, they only take one to three shots to take down anyway, so... Yeah. Combine that with the infinite ammo, and you can just blast your way through pretty easily so far. But, yeah, running around this segment, we do run into another puzzle, which is stop by this room first, get a card key, and then open the door. And then we make it to the entrance of the hospital, still in the nightmare dark world state. Before you do that, there's that one sequence where you walk in and you can hear like a woman like laughing or crying or whatever. That's right, yeah. And you pull the the uh, sheet off and it's another key card. There's something under the sheet moving. When you pull it off, it's a key card. I know that's such a stupid minimal thing, but I'm like, okay, that's like the weird I like. Which is the reason why, and I know people are going to be like, really, you haven't played fucking Silent Hill before. I played a little bit, but not enough. That's the reason why I want to play Silent Hill, because I know weird shit like that is in those games, like, tenfold. So, so during the autopsy, when we were in first-person mode and we had to examine the body, when I was looking at her face, I was expecting her to, her eyes to open. But they never did. No. So yeah, uh, and we also during this section, we're in the dark world or whatever. Um, we see the dead woman running around, oh, leading the girl you out of the, the red dress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, leading you out of the hospital. Yeah. So we make it to the entrance, and we have—I wouldn't even call it a boss fight. It's a, a, an arena fight that we have to kill all the guys before, before we can leave. Yeah, and these guys have guns. Shotguns. Shotguns, and only in the cutscenes did they ever fire their guns at me. They never actually fired. Oh, their really? Guns. Yeah, they will yeah. fire the guns. They they start to glow. Yeah. Yep. I got to that part. And if they reach a certain point, they will shoot you. And they did shoot me because I just I ended up getting two at once by accident. I didn't mean to kite both of them, but. You can kite them quite easily yeah. into a corner and just keep shooting them in the face. But, I mean, how much damage does that take off? Uh, The first one, probably not even a quarter, like just under a quarter. Okay. Second one, that definitely felt felt that one more. So. Okay. But I was, no, I was still above uh, half of my health. Right. So. So, yeah. Kill those guys, and he kind of just snaps out of it. He stares up at the ceiling for a second, and and you and all of a sudden, like they're like, "Where did you go off to? Like run off to?" Yeah, I, I thought I missed something there. What 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 actually happened? Did he just snap back to the non-vine 
version of you Silent ju- Hill. You saw everything that happened, and then the yeah. old man comes over, and yep. you're left. You are left to wonder, like, what that was. But now I'm left wondering what's up with this old man because he's wearing a gas mask that's shaped like a skull. Yeah, and he owns the town. He owns the town, so he's like his father built the town basically, and now he owns half the town or more than half the town. He's in a wheelchair. He only speaks to his assistant, and he has these two prongs on his throat, and he wears a gas mask that's shaped like a skull. And can I just say, so far, the only character in the game that looks like it's made by a Japanese designer is his assistant. Like, his assistant looks very anime. And he always I mean, keep... I guess his mask does too, but I mean, the mask I can forgive a little bit more than the actual character. And the assistant, every time he addresses <laughs> Mr. Francis York Morgan. Yeah. So and says, he's the only one, he's the only one that has addressed him as York without being told it's York. And I know that's a very dumb thing to point out, but it's just I'm making that clear. All right. Now, here, speaking of names, I brought this up in a text message. Why does this game know my name? I I still don't know, Drew. Does it say Anthony whenever you save your game? My, my it doesn't work the same. It's not on PS3, so That's it just right. saves because Xbox One. Matt, what about you? Uh, I don't think it says my name. Well, I never typed in my name during this, playing this game. Is your, what's your... Yeah, at at what point? On your save file? On my save file. It's named Drew. And I never put in my name. Hmm. What does your save file say, Matt? I thought it just said, like, Deadly Premonition 01 or something. Mine says Drew. That's so weird. Yeah, I have no idea. It must be a setting or something. You've set at some point in in console, Drew. I I just... I looked it up just to you and see. I'm like, I don't remember them doing anything that weird. Yeah, I Google searched, why does Deadly Premonition know my name? And nothing (laughs) popped up, so... Like I'm looking at PS3 game saves right now, and I can't find anything either. Hmm. It's weird. Maybe maybe the game is giving me a deadly premonition, or maybe not. Maybe it's just making me really annoyed. <laughs> Add a little yeah. extra mystery. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all. That's all I. That's that's it. That's all I played. So so so, what are your issues, Drew? Other than like the stuff we've kind of covered already. I mean, we kind of covered all the stuff. I think the game's stupid. <laughs> it, and it's just because of how weird it is. Not just because of how weird it is. I, I don't. I don't think it, it's it. it it almost leans into its weirdness, like it wears its weirdness on its sleeve. And I'm just like, 
it's almost pretentious in a way. I, I think that's just because, can I just say, like, I feel like that's because of other games that have been weird that have come off as pretentious. Like, I can tell you right now that, like, it, this game, to me anyways, it feels very honest with its weirdness. It's just, like, I want to make something weird. And, like, if, if, like, knowing that, like, they have a hunger meter and, like, a sleep meter, something that isn't necessarily, like, the best thing for this type of game, but the fact that they have those in there, to me, feels like they were like, oh, let's just go for risks. Like, I don't have a lot, like, we don't have a lot of money, so let's make something interesting rather than something, you know... Uh, yeah, because if similar. it was dull and polished, nobody would remember it. Right. So, to me, it's just... And, and knowing... I, I realize, like, I've... Just to make sure... Like, I don't think I've played anything really else from Swery, uh Other than the... Um, yeah, so, sorry. The, the had two... Uh, had a game between Spy Fiction and this. Um, other than, like, the game that came after this, D4, which I think is a little bit more online with your your ideas there but um about it kind of being pretentious like knowing spy fiction like what i i because i went back to spy fiction after finding it not realizing it was sweary when i played it i ended up looking it up because i noticed some of the same sort of design choices and like knowing what that game is and knowing like this, they they feel like honest takes on stuff that may have gotten too pretentious. Like it just, it feels like a guy who's just honestly like finds some joy in being weird rather than like, and I'm not trying to shit on Hideo Kojima, but when Hideo Kojima makes weird stuff, it feels like he's trying to be original and I don't feel like that's the intent here. I, I feel like it was to make stuff more fun. You know, like, he's not trying to build up a weird... Like, like none of this game tries to build up this gigantic lore and conspiracy. I mean, is there a conspiracy? Maybe. Like, I, I guess you can call it that in this game. But, like, you know, I, I don't feel like any of it is leaning into itself to... Or, or like, you know giving itself a, a handy because of, like, how good it is. It just is. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe I've just played stuff where I find it way too pretentious to now be like... I don't know, man. I, I, I see your point. I just... I, like, I, to be honest with you, I feel like it's another thing, and this is my problem. And you you hinted on it a little bit. People jumped on board with this game because of Jim Sterling and Giant Bomb. Oh, and I didn't know I, Giant Bomb liked it. Giant Bomb did a whole video series on it, playthrough. Oh. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of don't like those websites. That's fair. Um, I, I don't like... Listen, I don't like either of them. I've, I've made it pretty clear. Although, I, I will say this. I don't hate either of them either. I hate... When they when they spew out negativity and people repeat it, 
without any of their own uh, critical thinking. Yeah. I, I actually prefer people to disagree with me, right? And 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 disagree because they've they are thinking about it differently rather than just agree with me blindly. I, I feel like people just agree with those people blindly. Yeah. And it and I agree. Uh, I picked it up because of Jim Sterling. Um, it, it, but I, I do want to say, like, to, to, to Jim Sterling's credit, I only feel that he praised the game as much as he did because he saw something there that other people were just shitting on because it's not the prettiest game. And, like, I think we're in a different environment now, but at the time, you know, unless you were an indie darling, you weren't even getting... And now we have so many games that do similar things. Not even, like, similar things in terms of gameplay, but are just deciding to be uniquely their own and not worry about graphics and stuff. Now we have so much of that that it's, like, the environment for reviewing has changed. But this game was a breath of fresh air at the time. Um, And while parts of it definitely never held up, even at the time, like the controls and the visuals, um, it, it it was something different. And now there's a lot of different, right? So it's very hard to kind of be like, this is the game you should play if you want something different. Uh, I don't like either of the sites, but sometimes people I disagree with, I agree with. And like, this is a case where like I don't necessarily agree with how much Jim Sterling praised it, but I also see why he felt it necessary to in a world that was going to destroy this game. Like, we've played games and we've referenced their Metacritic before. And at the time, working for Destructoid, he had the opportunity to shift that score a little bit and took it. You know, it's... I don't think about that when writing reviews, but, you know, some people do. It, it just... I don't know. I, I, I see why people like this game, and I don't ever think it reached the cult standard of, say, uh, what's it, Windjammers. Like, I, I don't think Giant Bomb ever made the same amount of dent on this game as as Jim Sterling's 10 out of 10. Um I, I definitely could understand why that would sour a taste, though. Like, it just knowing their personalities and the stuff that they've shit on, and then they held this up. Yeah. Again, I can't defend this game. I, I, honestly, you want my review of this game? It's a 7 out of 10. I, I think the stuff it does is so weird and out there, and I like the story of it, but, man, this game looks like shit. It handles poorly. <laughs> It runs poorly at times, especially the PS3 version. Trust me, I've seen some single-digit frames in there, man. Oh, the PS3 version's worse than the 360 version, which is weird, because they had an opportunity to make it better. I don't even think the original PS3 version runs as badly as the director's cut. Ooh. Not an upgrade. <laughs> what about you? How do you feel? It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's obviously an uneven game. Um, for, for me, there's nothing to really defend in the visuals other than you, sometimes it gets the horror aesthetic right. But the controls don't really bother me all that much. I really like playing PS1 games. I like tank controls. That I just that 
especially the fact that it looks so old anyway that the controls kind of fit the game for me. Um, but yeah, it it's really the quirks that I like so far. I like I like the quirky characters. I like the quirky dialogue. Um, bit of mystery, a murder mystery with quirky characters. I'm in. I mean, that that's really all it takes for for the story, at least for the setup, for me to get involved in it. And then hearing things like there's payoff, or things come together, or there's more mysteries that get uh, revealed and unraveled, and you know the the whole narrative part of it coming together and being a payoff doesn't even need to be there if the rest of the game works but in this case the rest of the game doesn't work so if the story also didn't pay off then it, it, it wouldn't be a whole lot there to sink your teeth into but for me if, if the rest of it in the narrative part is going to be the draw and that's at least done well enough to keep playing yeah I, I'd like to see I the characters along worked. the way I think it's worthwhile I can't you know I mean at some point like there is you know uh, subjective taste uh, involved there. I can't objectively say it's good, but I can't say that, like, things they set up have payoff. Whether you like it or not is, is up to you, and whether you think it's good, right? Like, I can't... I think the reason why I was going round in circles there before is because, like, I can't tell Drew that he's wrong about <laughs> this game at any point. Yeah. Um... I am responding differently. Like, if you want to know something, I, like, on my list of ge- where this game goes, I don't know if I could put it on the list for this year. That's how fucking subjective this game is. I, and I realize our lists are subjective, so, like, really. But, like, in terms of a game, I could totally see someone absolutely hating this game. I don't think it's the worst game ever. But I also can see someone really enjoying this game, and I don't think it's the best game ever either. I think it's so unique that I kind of put it off to the side of the list rather than in it. Like, I can tell you it's better than a bunch of games, and I can tell you it's worse than a bunch. Like, Haze is my number one. Yeah, this game doesn't play as good as Haze does. Plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, I think Haze is a more cohesive story at all times um and that's saying a lot because haze is a little bit weird too um i can't say it's better than bound by flame by much either um but i can also tell you the moments that it is better than both of those like this is this is by far the the hard like if i had to review this nowadays i don't know i could tell you the number i'd give it because a seven's that kind of perfect spot of like, I think there's something really unique here, but I also can't tell you that it's fantastic. Um, it's better than just okay or good, but I also don't think it's great or like a masterpiece. <laughs> um, Does any game do is... this kind of B movie aesthetic better than this? You know what? Spy fiction which is his previous game. But the thing is, is that spy fiction is, while the camera is not the exact same, spy fiction is basically just Metal Gear Solid that decides to lean into the stupid and accept the fact that it's being stupid. And I, you know, this is the reason why I brought up Kojima previously. 
Kojima never leans into his stupid, really. Yes, he makes jokes, but it's always like, don't you think this is funny? This guy shits his pants. And spy fiction, Swery's take on Metal Gear Solid is like, isn't this whole thing kind of dumb that he, we have like super like stealth suits and everything? Then let's just make the plot dumb. The bad guys have a giant blimp. We're going to release a poisonous chemical into the air, and it's over-the-top Bond villain, but we're also acknowledging like Mission Impossible in here because that's what this stuff is inspired by, and that's what this is all about. Just dumb, fun, be a spy. Be a, be a stealthy person breaking into somewhere that can do kung fu or shoot guns if they need to. And, like... I think that that game holds up better than Deadly Premonition, but it's also a lesser-known game, and it's also on PS2. Um, Does so, it have you the know. quirky characters? Because that's one of my favorite thing right now uh, is just the the weirdness of the characters. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have as much character development. Like you're you're kind of you're playing as someone who's a little bit more of like a because in, in in spy fiction you have your choice of characters to play as there's a male character a female character and then i think there's another male and another female you get to play as who have like unique abilities um those the other two are unlockable after you finish the game on um but like there's a cult involved uh i don't remember if it's voice acted i know parts of it are but i don't remember if it's fully voice acted like to the same amount as deadly premonition i don't think so but like, there's evil scientists. There's there, there's there is quirk to that game. I just can't tell you it's as quirky as Deadly Premonition. But it also doesn't have to hold up mediocre game design at times. Yeah. Uh, in spy fiction, but like at one point you're watching through a vent, two characters talk, and that whole conversation is kind of like weird and over the top. And in fact, one of the characters in spy fiction is in all of Swery's games, I think. <laughs> Shows up. Yes. So. As a different character each time, but it's always the same name and the same look. So. Yeah. It, better game, I don't know if it's as quirky, but I don't know if anything really is as quirky. If that's the B-movie aspect you're talking about, I don't know. I, I, that, that, it's one of the things I wanted to find this year, was a good, bad game. This is it. Bad. I mean, yeah. it, I, I can't... If this isn't it, I don't know what would be. I think we've had a couple of those. A good, bad game? I mean, I mean like the cartel... It, yeah, but he didn't play that. That's with us. true. Um, and is the, I mean, yeah, yeah. The cartel, the cartel's a different B movie. Like it doesn't feel like low budget B movie. It feels like big studio straight to DVD. <laughs> like, um, and you just but, wouldn't put Bound by Flame on here. Bound by Flame is not a bad game. Yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, but it but also. I also I'd also agree, and that's the reason why I was saying, like, I can't put, at times I'd put, like, the writing in Deadly Pre- Premonition above Hayes 
and Bound by Flame and some of the stuff it does gameplay-wise above both those games, but I can't tell you that 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 this game is better than those because those games are consistently better. You know what I mean? Like, throughout playing Haze and Bound by Flame, I was never like, oh, oh, that's right, this part. Or, wow, this this doesn't control well. Or, wow, that looks terrible. Like, it, it's a very... This game is, I think, the epitome of B-movie video game. If, if, if I am taking... Like, listening to Matt say that, like, I think he's right. I don't think I can name something. Like Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2. Something that's... Yeah. Where... Bound by Flame was good, but it didn't have a lot of camp to it. And neither did Haze. Night Trap is campy, but for different reasons. I mean, I don't know. I Call just... of War is kind of campy. Yeah. I will give Drew that. Eat Lead was trying to be something that I think didn't work out. Like, you know, I, I can't necessarily call it camp when you're trying for it. Like, you just kind of are or you are not. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't... I don't know if I could even name another game in existence that's, that isn't like a PS2 game that is as campy as this. Like, and that, even then that I... That Suda game it only released in the the UK. The one we play as the cameraman. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Hell Report Michigan or whatever? Yeah, that's it. Um... There's also another game on PS1 that is a, a horror game in a small town. Um, I want to say it also takes place in Michigan. Michigan Report from Hell, sorry, is the game of uh, the PS2 game. Um, that is very camp, yeah. Um, God damn, I can't remember the PS1 horror. Um, now I have to look up Japanese... Uh, it's not Nighthead. God damn it. Um, it takes place in a small town in America and uh, it is not Silent Hill. Not Siren? So no. Siren takes place in Japan. Uh, it's 1998. It is also inspired by Twin Peaks. Long before Deadly Premonition Around Wake, Mizerna Falls. That's the one. Hmm. And it's fans translated, and it is, it is very close to a Resident Evil style uh, game. Like it is Resident Evil meets Deadly Premonition. You drive around in a small city, but like when you're inside buildings, it's the fixed camera angle, and it is, it is. I've watched gameplay. I've never played it. Uh, if you want something that is. This, but also not Deadly Premonition, because you can't stand it. I look into Mazerna Falls. It is absolutely bizarre. It has all those uh, pre-rendered backgrounds yeah. and stuff. And yeah, like you drive your car, you like drive around, and there's a little mini map, and you have to drive around the city, and there's a time, and it tells you what day it is, and very much this game beforehand. I I don't know what flicked that into memory other than. Uh, a uh, report from hell, Michigan. Um, but 
Yeah, there there are there are games that just I can't think of any others right now. Not that they not that have a horror aspect, especially. Yeah. So, obscure, I guess, kind of has a big feel. I feel like but Siren so, does. Siren only does because of two reasons. One, the 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 British translation on the first game is brutal. Um. I believe the second game it, that you that was Japan and Europe only, um, Blood Siren, as it was called in Japan. Uh, I believe they use Japanese actors, um, so they have Japanese accents speaking English, um, and it doesn't feel as campy. Although there's some weird stuff in that. And the second part of it is those games used early um, motion capture. So what they did was they actually like filmed the actor's face in 3D and then put it onto the body of the 3D model. It's really weird. But that game also doesn't have the same quirk in the characters that I think Matt is looking for. Hmm. True. Okay. I, I like this game. I think Matt's liking this game and you don't like this game and I'm I can't disagree with you no i think i can't tell you you're wrong uh we had no emails this week i Uh, hope i hope someone has played this game even even just in passing like tell me that i'm wrong i don't give a shit i'm sure there's somebody out there has played this game is listening to this so send us an email it's 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 just and if you haven't played this game like it goes on sale i like as much as i hate the 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 director's cut this game goes on sale for next to nothing on the regular, like five dollars and below on both PC, which you need you need to download the fan patch for, um, or uh, PS3 if you still have one of those out. Um, and I think it's worth trying if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And then give us your thoughts. Yeah, even if it's late, even if it's not for next week. Give us your thoughts. So, yeah. The, the email is drew at ztgd.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at dmlfury. Matt is at remgs. And Anthony is at intersect. The podcast itself is at ztgd phoenix down. And that's going to be it for us. Uh, we got one more week of daily permission. We're going to keep trugging along. See as, see as far as we can make it with it. But uh, that's going to be it for us. Until next time, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm Anthony. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the, I wouldn't say conclusion, but the next Further part. Further, mo- more of. More of Deadly <laughs> Premonition.